Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to Pillow Talk, the new quarantine series of Pussy Church, where I call some of my favorite creators to talk about their artistic process, sexuality, and play a few little games with them. I'm Laura, an erotica writer and the creator of Tales of Laura, which you can find at talesoflaura.com and at Tales of Laura on Instagram. And today, I'm checking in with Mickey Maud an adult performer and altogether magic man. We talked about how sex workers can be healers, needed changes in the porn industry, and how to be the perfect dom. Let's dive in. Amen. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to Pillow Talk, the special quarantine edition of Pussy Church, where I talk to some of my favorite creators. And today I'm here with the one and only Mickey Maud, a porn performer, erotic filmmaker and creative director for kink.com. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm a huge fan of your work, which I always find really funny to say to an adult performer. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> Or I'm you're sure welcome, you all depending the time. on how you want to, you know. Welcome, for sure. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I saw, the first time I saw your work was actually on Erica Lust's Ex-Confessions a few years ago, um, Sweet But Psycho. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was a fun, fun shoot, yeah. But you've worked with her quite a bunch, right? Yeah, um, I have worked for Erica Lust a, a number of times, um, and um, I have always had a kind of a great time going out to like your it's it, i think it's nice to be able to like uh work while traveling when you get oftentimes like booked with your friends and like you're traveling and your friends are traveling and you get to have sex with them and get paid for that is also kind of a, a, a nice you know thing to have i mean it does sound like the perfect job at this point <laughs> yeah it is um like i think sometimes it's it can be, it can be, it's really, really nice when it is good. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, there's a big spectrum, I'm assuming, in like the adult industry, right? Like from, I don't know, everything, the circumstances that you have on set. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, I don't know how closely you follow adult uh, industry. I'm sure pretty close right now is... Um, pretty closely, yes. <laughs> right now is an intense time, but like, you know, like we were saying before we started, um, 2020 is a very intense year and um, it is not letting up uh, anytime soon. Not at all. Actually, I wanted to ask you this later, but um, during quarantine, have you kind of switched to more like a webcam, like um, remote? um content creation um you know i i haven't i've kind of unfortunately i've kind of just stopped um okay. a lot of of content creation on on my own um you know i wasn't doing um you know as i've kind of gotten more into the the role that um i've been doing at at, at kink.com um i haven't been um, I haven't been performing as much and I haven't been um, creating a lot of content. Um, you know, I, I used to, you know, pre-coronavirus lockdown, um, you know, a fair amount with other, you know, content creators. Um, but it's just kind of dropped off. And then I haven't really felt, you know, super sexy during isolation. I totally understand. 
Yeah. I think that's kind of like a normal. I think a lot of people have been struggling, right, about like the the way quarantines f- affected them, like with their sex lives. And um, actually, I think porn is having somehow a really great moment. You're not producing, but everyone's watching. <laughs> Even though I haven't been producing stuff, I have noticed like an, an increase in in sales because like I think just a lot of people are are home. Totally. <laughs> oh, you know what? I have actually been been doing like um, quite a bit of. I have been doing um, like texting and like phone calls. Oh, really? Like no video. Yeah, no video. There are um, services like uh, Sext Panther, um, which I you know I signed up for. Um, there's a few other ones like Night Flirt and a, and a few other ones, but um, you can text like your favorite performer or you can, you know, you know, or you can pay per minute to do like a phone call. Um, and I'm like, surprisingly, like, I, I forgot that that was something that I used to be like really, really into when people okay. used to talk on the phone regularly. Like I was really into like, you know. Um, yeah, I want to know how, how does this like go? Like, how does a phone call like that go? I mean, I think, you know, first you say hello. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> you know, like you, you ask, you know, how's it going? Like, what are your like, what are you feeling today? What do you what do you think that you want? Um, I, you know, I think it's also a little awkward for people in, in, in my experience kind of starting that that phone call. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of like. You know, there's like a little bit of negotiation. They're like, oh, what do you want to talk about today? Or like, how do you want me to address you? Whether it's, you know, um, or how do you want to like, you know, like if somebody is wanting to call me like daddy or somebody's wanting to call me sir or somebody is wanting to like those little things, I think kind of like help set up a dynamic at the beginning so that you can kind of keep the fantasy going and totally and you understand what they're coming from and what they're wanting to yeah yeah and i think it's just like a lot of like you know when you when you do you know bdsm scenes like there's you know negotiation and so like that's very similar you want to you want to communicate and make sure that you're even in that you know this is a stranger who you might not have talked to ever before you want to make sure that you are you know, keeping the experiences positive for them and respecting their boundaries and their limits. You know, some people are like, I like this term, but I don't like this term at all. Or I want to be a Got slut, it. but I don't want to be called this or, you know. Yeah, but it takes quite a little bit of awareness because I feel like a lot of, we often talk about this on the podcast. I feel like that a lot of people don't fully know what they want, right? Or what they like. So then maybe this is actually a good opportunity to kind of figure it out because you somebody is asking you, right, all these things, like what actually does turn you on and you have to give an answer <laughs> because you're on the phone. Yeah, I mean, I, I find myself doing doing that a lot because I, I think people um, oftentimes in that, in that space or that situation like haven't had a, a space where they could kind of, you know, articulate that. One of the reasons that people you know, go to sex workers is they're able to have that fantasy. It's like when you go to a therapist and it takes you a little while to realize like, oh, this person is just going to listen to me and I am not going to have to give that expectation of like, when you're talking to your friend, you're like, all right, I need to not talk so much so that my friend can talk and then I can listen. Totally. You're, you know, you're paying for that service of someone being able to like listen and kind of give insight. And it's, I think it's it's a very similar thing. You know, I think you know, on a lot of levels, sex workers are, are healers and able to hold that space for people. 
Yeah, I totally believe that. I think it's always very surprising to me how seldom it happens to people that they're actually that somebody does listen and like kind of tries to help them explore what their body is, you know, made of or like how it works and how they're turned on. How often people do not talk about that at all with their partner. How did you get started in porn? Um, I got started in porn through uh, Craigslist. Oh, really? Um, you know, I think, you know, obviously I had an interest in it, you know, for a while. And then, you know, for a lot of people, you you know, this was pre-Twitter. This was, you know, pre a lot of things. Um, I think, you know, sex work is a lot more accessible now for people to, to research and decide if they want to go into it. Um, Craigslist used to have this section called uh, erotic uh, gigs, adult gigs, I think it was called. Okay. And, you know, there's lots of posting for like webcam stuff. And like, you know, this is where people were posting for stuff, you know, before all the other platforms that we have now. And there was a posting for um, looking for extras for a porn shoot. And this was at at, uh, kink.com. And um, just prior to that, I, you know, before like responding to that ad, uh, a friend of mine from college was dating um Jiz Lee. Okay. You know, and we had, you know, been friends socially and um they you know, I, I knew that they were a performer and we like talked a lot about it and I was like interested and I wound up doing a shoot for Crash Pad and then I had, nice. you know, responded to that Craigslist posting and then I kind of forgot about it and then I got an email back and they were like do you want to come in for an interview? And I went to this interview and they asked me, you know, lots of questions about like, you know, and which is funny because when I started working for kink, it wasn't very long before I was the one doing those interviews. Oh, funny. You know, you want to find out a couple of things of like, you know, why this person is, is, is doing this and do they have, you know, accurate, you know, perceptions or expectations and give them some sort of like clarity or transparency about the process and what they actually should expect versus the fantasy of what they expect. Um, Oh, that's fascinating. The difference between the two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, what was your fantasy? What was your fantasy when you went, when you're like, okay, because this is an extra, you're, you're having sex as the extra or are you just hanging out in like some outfit? So it was for the um, website that like it was it was for like the test shoots that turned into the site Public Disgrace, which is a site that kink.com no longer shoots. But it was kind of like a kind of like a like a group sex gangbang scenario. So, you know, a a BDSM like, you know, humiliation bondage aspect to it. So, you know, for, for me, I guess like my fantasy was that I had found myself in a lot of like monogamous relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, I either cheated on somebody or I had a moment where I figured, oh, I'm attracted to somebody else. So therefore this relationship must not be, you know, right for me. Um, mm-hmm. And it just took me a while to kind of realize that like, oh, I'm just not a monogamous person and relationships can look a lot of different ways. And also at the time I was like, not, I had just kind of gotten out of a relationship and I was like having this sort of thing of like, all right, well, what am I going to do for myself? What am I going to like, you know, how am I going to, you know, meet my needs and meet my sexual needs or be able to like articulate my fantasies? Like I have to do some research, you know, in myself and kind of figure out what those things are. And, um, you know, 
apart from, I, I think also for a lot of a conversation I've had with a lot of other performers about feeling like you are trying to find your place mm-hmm. and thinking about like, okay, well, I, you know, I feel like I'm a little bit of an exhibitionist or like, I want to have like, like I want to be part of a gangbang, but what is a safe scenario for that to like, you know, oh, actually yeah. occur and like, for, for some people, mm-hmm. like you do the, the logic of like, well, if it's, you know, maybe it's for a production, then it's like, I know I have like a crew around me or I have like other people who are maybe not involved with me sexually, but might be, you know, looking out for my safety or have a vested interest in me having a good time yeah. because they're producing something and they want to, you know, maintain their livelihood. You know, money is great too. That's true. It's still like you you make a decision though, right? Like in some kind of a sense, you make a decision where other jobs might fall away after that film comes out. Yeah. Yeah. Um was that like on your mind or were you kind of just like It was it was on my mind like a little bit. I think at first it was um, you know, like, okay, well, like I'm only gonna do like a little bit and so like it's totally <laughs> fine. And you know, also, you know, this was like thirteen years ago, so you know, like porn was exploding, but there was also so much of it that it definitely felt like, all right, well, I'll get like buried in like the the mounds and mounds of, of porn. And and I think also for where I was at my at my life, I was not sure what I wanted to do with my life. Like I, you know, went to school, but I wasn't quite feeling what I studied was the path that I was going to go down. Um, and I think I was just trying to like, figure something out and so i did see like there being a financial incentive to like you know like let me make some money let me try to save some money and figure out where my life path was going to go and i've you know that money definitely led to like me going back to school and me you know going through a coding boot camp and you know that money was reinvested in myself for opening up a lot of doors and a lot of opportunities that probably would have taken me like definitely like twice as long if I had done it by being a server or by being a bartender like I was like I was doing and um it didn't feel at that time in my life that it was like more of a risk than any other job that I was doing at a, at, at a time so from the fantasy that you had to then the first reality like was there a big gap between the two or was it pretty close um, you know, I, I think it was pretty close because of like the information that I was I was given. Mm-hmm. I don't think that I had any sort of like, like even thinking. Like it, I think it was at the beginning. It was like, is this really happening? <laughs> that that moment when I you know perform or when you got that, yeah, yeah. Because um, I just kind of think it's it's so ridiculous. Um, the industry is kind of going through a lot right now. One of the things that um, I've been doing is I've been having a lot of conversations about um, racism and porn and yeah. as you know, the, the conversation around, around black lives matter and around like, you know, this, this country's, you know, issue um, that we're all, you know, hopefully going to continue working on um, around race that I've, I've kind of been thinking about is like my kind of my own journey and my own sort of realization about like, what opportunities were available to me mm-hmm. being a, a black person in America and um, 
Were you thinking about that when you started or did that just come then from the response from the industry? Like how did that, you know, how did you enter into it? Um, you know, I wasn't thinking about it when I don't think I was really conscious of it. I think I w what I was conscious of was, um, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you're always as, as a person of color, you're always kind of conscious that you're at a disadvantage. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And you always are kind of aware that like things are going to be harder for you. Um, mm -hmm. and like, no matter what the industry that you're in, um, you know, you, I've, I know for me, I was just kind of like, there was a, a, a very like hand to mouth, check to check sort of like feeling about my life at that time. So I, I was, um, definitely kind of feeling like, well, this is better than like what I was just doing. Totally. And, you know, there are all these sort of like added bonuses of like, you know, a deeper understanding of like, you know, my sexuality and a safe place to talk about that. And, um, you know, I, I, I know that a lot of people, um, you know, the financial ex ex aspect around sex work is, is very attractive. For you working in porn, I mean, were you cast mainly like in like roles where your, your skin color, your race were like part of the scene, you know what I mean? Or were you just given a role that didn't matter, where it didn't matter? Um, you know, I, th I think it was, I think it was different um, for me starting in the Bay Area than if I had started in LA. Mm -hmm. and in a, in a lot of ways like I, I do think it's um i didn't have to make certain choices um but you know i've had like a 13-year career so like you know when i was starting out like you know working in the bay area like what was available at that time for like bay area work was like the queer porn scene and there was yeah. like bdsm so like there's um you know, because of those communities around that, there is just kind of a difference about uh, language and consent culture and a different awareness than, you know, like L.A. or Vegas or Florida porn. And um, but, you know, as I started like doing more work, like and I, I think this is definitely for a lot of Bay Area performers is like you start doing more work, you realize this is kind of a regular thing. And then you start making these trips down to L.A. <laughs> because there's way more work down there. But the type of work that you get um, is. But it's like more mainstream, you mean, or like more more boxed into the cliches of porn? Yeah, like that's that's, you know big porn or you're into like the machine that is you know this sort of you know caricature of america in a lot of ways you know yeah and so you're you know that is just kind of informed on like what people are making what people are selling and you know for you know and all of these sort of conversations like um that i've been having recently in panels like the thing that kind of has come up a lot is that there is kind of a, a lack of recognition of an audience outside of a, you know, hetero, white, cis male when you have these new platforms like OnlyFans and like, you know, those sort of direct to, you know, perform, creates content and sells directly to, you know, um, you know, the the fans. Um, you're, you're seeing that it doesn't have to kind of exist in the system. And there are other yeah. audiences that like are going to want, you know, a lot of different things. Well, I think it's kind of like the chicken or the egg situation too, right? Because I feel like, especially for women, we talked about this in the podcast quite a bit. Um, you just get what is out there, right? 
um, I had this girl DM me a while ago and she was like, you know, because I was talking about female point of view porn, right? Um, just to be able to like see a man's face while he's fucking or just seeing how he's reacting, right? Because that would be my point of view while I'm having sex, right? I'm not seeing myself. And she was like, oh, that's so crazy. She was like, I think in her late 20s and she's like, I'm heterosexual um, and I've masturbated most of my life to porn of women. Like what a man would see, right? The male gaze or whatever we can say about that. But I think it's not necessarily just because she wanted to see that, but that was what was out there given to her. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, the, the means of distribution have, you know, traditionally been um, owned by, you know, a small amount of like production companies. And so like that totally. kind of, you know, drives trends and like educates a viewer. And, you know, I, I think um, also what, another thing that is kind of, um, people I think often talking about when they're talking about issues around race and adult content is um, and I, I think this is just kind of like I think they kind of talk about like media content in general um, the internalizing that, that that happens of like when you see someone who looks like you portrayed in a certain way how someone might internalize that as like oh, I need to act like that or yeah. that is what society expects of me. What I find really fascinating about your work, though, I feel like, I mean, you've worked with a lot of great directors. Um, I I haven't really seen you in like, I've never really looked at it that way at all, that you were cast in like that role that is like the black man fetishized just because, right? I just feel like, I mean, this is probably how you pick your um your films i'm assuming is that something that consciously goes into your choices um now it is i mean it it wasn't always um but i have definitely you know worked for sites and i definitely have scenes out there that i feel you know some kind of way about and that like well not so great you mean yeah not so great and you know conversations that like i've had to have like on set with you know um you know directors that about like hey, can we not say, you know, this particular thing? Or, you know, mm. is it possible to 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 change something? Or, like, I'm just not going to ever, you know, decide not to work for that person. Like, one of the things I see is, like, is an issue um, in porn is that there is no kind of safety net for performers to stand up yeah. and, and talk about something or have an experience where they are... Um, can advocate for themselves in a, in a real way because you're kind of put in a situation oftentimes where um, your finances are involved, you know, like, yeah. like, Oh, I don't really agree with like the content of the scene, but I didn't find out what the scene was about until I got to set. You guess not getting like a script or something. It's not consistent. It depends on the company. And I think there's a real lack of transparency. You know? I think that's definitely something that like can be changed and that's really easy and intangible to do. But um, you know, I've, I've been on, you know, shoots where I'm like, oh, like you get to set and you find out the plot is that like, okay, all of you guys are drug dealers and this girl's boyfriend owes you money. And you're like, well, it's me and four other black guys here. So I don't, it's kind of hard <laughs> not to see how like racially loaded that is. Yep. But you're dependent on, you know, like that is the line of work that you chose. And so you're dependent on like, or like 
do I walk off set now and not get paid? Or, you know, if there's less people on set, like, um, do I, I ruin everybody's day or mm-hmm. because like they all have to go home or I have to find somebody else or and worry about my reputation or, you know, whatever it, it may be that might influence that decision. Yeah. 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 And there are a lot of like norms that have been um, started and conditioned in, in porn since the beginning. Um, that um, don't work for a lot of people and they don't work for 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 black people they don't work for people of color and they don't work for a lot of women mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to continue when you choose your scenes then or the the projects that you work on like what's important to you and i also wanted to kind of see how your sexuality plays part of like in your work you know, I, I will say this about about my career. Like, porn has like um, a real um, strong way of trying to like separate things and not let a fluid sexuality survive. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, like I myself have been kind of victim to that and have made choices that like don't reflect um, like the full spectrum of my sexuality. Right? I like a lot of different things, and um, I like to you know have sex with a lot of different types of people, and um, Unfortunately, I've made a lot of like decisions because of the way that like porn likes to segregate things. And I I think this is kind of like what's kind of great about when we're talking about those independent like platforms for is people can create the things that they want to. Yeah. And want to see. Yeah. And not feel they have to market themselves a certain way or change their look to meet a certain standard. Mm -hmm. Because I, I really feel like that is a really sort of damaging thing that kind of comes back to like only assuming that there's one audience who is like looking for content and wants things in a certain way. Yeah, totally. And in in that sense, also maybe teaching people again, like we said in the beginning, teaching people that there's only one thing they can want, right? In general, I think our society gives us so little room to be fluid. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, I, I think and even... Um, less space for for men and then less space for for men Mm -hmm. of color Mm -hmm. i consider myself to have a fluid sexuality but you know my my porn doesn't fully represent that um but also i what i've kind of realized over time it's like i don't need my porn to represent all of everything and like some of my sexuality can is just for me Well, so part of the show is playing a few games. And the first game we're going to play is Truth or Dare. Okay. Um, and it's basically, you know, like the old high school Truth or Dare. Um, so when somebody chooses truth, they must answer the question truthfully. And when someone chooses dare, they're given a task to complete. And since we're far away from each other, we're either going to do some audio or some social media there. You ready to play? I'm ready to play. Truth or Dare. Um, I mean, I feel like it's been an interview, so I've done a lot of truth already. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Dare. Okay, I'm super excited that you chose Dare because you're the first person on this podcast besides me who has chosen Dare. <laughs> All right. It's crazy. I was like, oh, nobody's choosing Dares. I'm always like the one who has to, right? And I was like, okay, I'm going to be the guinea pig for this like thing. So I have a Dare for you. Um, and it can be short, 
But um, I dare you to perform a little bit of your favorite dirty talk on air. Oh, a little bit of my favorite dirty talk on air. Um, now I'm excited. This is like a treat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I. What a selfish thing to ask you. <laughs> it's your show. Um, but I mean, I think the I think the first thing I'm putting on my my phone sex voice. Um, and um, I I think you know if we've we've talked about this and um. Oh, it's kind of hard to like just start it cold. I know it totally is. I'm sorry. It's a horrible dare. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think, you know, maybe I ask if like, you know, like, you know, if I can touch your body and if I can caress your neck and, you know, think about what it would be like to have my lips on your skin and feel the warmth of your skin and how you smell and how you feel and how your touch feels on my body and my touch feels on your body and and my dog barking in the background. Um, <laughs> I like it already. <laughs> questions that I, I would ask. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think also if, like you're just, just listening. I know it's hard. I'm like, I know. Am I supposed to talk back now? I'm going to blush or something. I'm like, is this for me? Is this just like a Okay, well, I mean, you're also, you know, that the, that service is available and you're welcome to, you know. <laughs> you can call back after the show. <laughs> you pay by the minute. <laughs> I'll give you 10 minutes free for, for having <gasps> me on the podcast. Oh, my God, you guys. I'm getting spoiled. Oh, we'll plug this. Like, how can people actually get the service, you know? Like, if if, if they want to call you. I actually need to look it up on my um, S-E-X-T. And then Panther, P-A-N-T-H-E-R. So you can go on that site and you can just search Mickey Mod. You'll send me the link and I'll plug it and people can call you if they want to go further. You know, this is like, this is first base. <laughs> For people who don't want to talk, you can do, you can do text and like, you know, I can, it's kind of like, you know, a little bit of boyfriend experience. But that's sexy boyfriend experience. Or like, what are we going to cook for dinner? Um, I mean, it could be whatever, you know, that person is, is required from that experience, you know? That's true. We can always negotiate, so. <laughs> That's true. Like, it can be a little fight over a mundane boyfriend-girlfriend situation. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like that's for some real hardcore role-playing. <laughs> totally. I'm already there. I'm like, Right into, really like, kinky. where I want you to move out, and then I want to, like... <laughs> stop and then go into makeup sex like that is where this is where i'm going i'm like how weird can the situation get oh yeah, yeah we can get real weird so my turn so you can ask me truth or dare well i'm gonna chicken out for now because i've done so many dares so i'm gonna do truth okay um so truth um i'm gonna pull the selfish card and be like of the content of mine that you have watched mm -hmm. um what has been your favorite and why okay that's pretty amazing um i think the ex-confessions erica lust one where you're the master okay what is the full name of that 
Um, I think it's called Appointment with My Master. Yeah. Appointment with My Master. There's a way that you are a dom that turns me on very much so that has both parts of of a dominant, meaning you're dominant, but there's something sensual and caring at the same time. In my own like sex life, this is kind of what I like the most when it's this this game between or fluctuating between the two sides of that. Mm. The way you dirty talk as a dom seems like you actually want to have a connection instead of just being like, you know, I'm going to just like, fuck you, you little slave. I'm, you know, like, I don't know, this is not a good dirty talk. But, you know, there's just so much like really degrading shit out there um, that I don't get off of as much. And I like kind of the duality. So I've, I've I've heard that before, and I, I always think it's 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 that that compliment is sometimes like weird to me because it it for me like in my head I'm like well why wouldn't you want the other person that you're with to like have a good time and like I I think of it as like um and and maybe that's this is because like you know my avenue to into BDSM was more on like um coming in a in a porn angle so it was more of this sort of like performance thing and thinking ah. about the person that I'm I'm with as like you know my coworker oh that's fascinating i haven't thought about that uh-huh. and this is like um this is a dance that we're doing right yes. you know this complicated waltz or you know foxtrot or like it has its steps but like you put your spin on it and you have to be you know find a way to communicate with that that person um, whether verbal or or read those nonverbal cues so that you can, you know, take care of them and have them be at their best and that you can be at, at your best. Well, I think it's interesting because like in my personal life, that's kind of dance. When I before I ever had a BDSM experience, I thought it would look like the shitty porn a little bit, you know, where where a guy is just like dominating to be dominating. And then when I started having experiences like that um, with the first guy, he just, it was exactly like you said, it felt more like I was being worshipped as being the sub. Mm, Yeah. Maybe I just was like educated well, Um, you know, the people that, you know, um, you know, when it kind of coming into the BDSM community, I've had like a lot of, you know, really great people. in that role, that role is a facilitation role. Like I am like facilitating like, you know, that negotiation and finding out like where, you know, those boundaries are and where not just, you know, I think a lot of people have this sort of sense of like negotiation is like, what do you like? What do you don't like? But I think there's a component of like, where do you want to go? The last game for the show is um, a this or that, a would you rather. Okay. And you can go as fast as you want. If something comes to mind, I might ask you a question. And it's just whatever you are in the mood for at the moment, what would you prefer? So pegging or golden shower? Am I giving or receiving the golden shower? You're going to receive it, I think. So we're in the same realm. I I think I'm going to go with golden shower. Hmm. Yeah. Masturbating in public, which sounds a little harder for a guy than for a girl. Or watch porn with a partner. Yeah, watch watch porn with a with a partner. Do you watch your own? 
Um, I watch the trailers. Like I don't, I don't watch. Um, there's like there have definitely been times where I have like watched. Um, like I've had like you know particularly hot scenes that I will like revisit and that I'll like, yeah, like that was a really really good time and like I think that's the thing with like porn performers is like you could have this like super hot intense time and then like you never work with that person ever again mm-hmm. you know and where a lot of we're conditioned to relationships and like you're like oh if you have this super hot intense sex with somebody in a relationship then you're like oh i want to explore this sort of thing but um you know in porn totally. it's like okay we're on to like the next there's this sort of detachment that happens but like you know there's definitely a lot of people that like you know we do share like affection you know of like oh yeah we had that super hot scene and like you know i can't wait to shoot with you again or totally in lieu of a second date you just can watch it one more time (laughs) yeah so threesome combo mmf or ffm or mmm by the way that's our third one i'm gonna go with uh mmf i've seen some hot ones that you did oh thanks um (laughs) Yeah, I think it's just like a, um, yeah, I'm, a, I'm definitely like a service top sometimes where like there's definitely something about, about that energy of like um, being like having two people focused on like one thing and like I sometimes get overwhelmed. That makes a lot of sense, I think. Um, be a daddy or be a little slave? Uh, be a daddy. Um, a vibrator in public on her. Or um, a nylon foot job. Ooh, vibrator in public, yeah. Considering pet play, would you rather be a dog or be the owner of the dog? Uh, owner of the dog. Would you rather go down on your partner while they're on an important phone call or eat sushi of your partner's body? Oh, definitely phone call. <laughs> That's a good one. Considering role play... Would you rather be the professor student or virgin play? Professor student. You've done that before, no? Actually, maybe. I don't know. It depends. I, I think I would do virgin play if I was the virgin in that situation. <gasps> yes, you should. Yeah. You're like, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> yeah, I think I would definitely <laughs> enjoy that, that role. Yeah. And last but not least... Would you rather watch someone having sex or have somebody watch you having sex? I think I would like to watch somebody. Like, I think right now, definitely, I want to watch somebody have sex. Um, well, it, it's true, especially now, right? Where that that seems like the least <laughs> likely thing to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And maybe even like as a performer, right? Because a lot of people watch you having sex, I guess. Yeah, then that's definitely definitely like you know I I do you know I I do like a good sex party, and I I think um, I I remember you know with um, at sex parties I've been I've been to when I was there was one party I was with at a with a partner of mine, and they while we were having sex they saw me looking and they thought that i was looking to see who was looking at us but i was looking just to see what else was going around and that's what i what i like i like to be um a voyeur and an exhibitionist at the, at the same time 
Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Take me up on that 10 minutes, you know. Oh, I got you. I got you. Um, also, how can people find you? You know, Twitter is probably the best way to find all of the stuff that um, I, I have a, a link tree on my Twitter that goes to all of the places where I have stuff. Um, but it's um, the Mickey Mod on, on Twitter. Well, I'll link that for everybody, too. Um, and I'll link your Instagram. <laughs> thank you. Amen. Thank you guys so much for joining us today on Pillow Talk. And please check out our amazing guest, Mickey Maud, on Twitter at TheMickeyMod. And I'll be back this Sunday with a full Pussy Church service and more Pillow Talk next week. If you like today's show, please, please, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It helps us keep the show going. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that will be amazing too. See you on Sunday. Sunday.